Every year we go away in October, November and looking forward, God, where are you leading us into the next year? And so this year we came away with the concept of uh, made to flourish. In a season where a lot of people don't feel like they're flourishing, whether that's in their, their marriage, their kids, their job, the reality of the scriptures is that he came to give us life and life in abundance. The thing that we wanna accomplish the most is, is helping people get a biblical understanding of what flourishing is versus what this world says flourishing is. What does the kingdom of God say is flourishing versus what does our culture say is flourishing? Welcome to Keystone Conversations, our podcast on the topics and issues important to the Keystone family. Our hope is to give insight, wisdom, and resources as you press on to know and follow Jesus. I'm Randy Woodbury, Executive Pastor here at Keystone, and with me, two fantastic leaders of our church, Brent Minter. Hey, what's up? Lead Pastor here at Keystone, and Matt Fry. Randy, good to be here. Teaching Pastor here at Keystone. I, and I would like to just focus on fantastic. Can we focus on that for just a second? Just Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> we get t-shirts for that. That'd be great. So clearly I am the third rung of this uh, bicycle today. So it will be awesome to hear what we have before you. And there's two main topics that are forefront in our mind today. First, we are coming off just a awesome Easter experience this mm. weekend. And so we want to spend some time just celebrating together and with our people about what happened there. Uh, but then as we introduce this weekend, we have a new sermon series coming up called Flourishing in the Kingdom. What we're hoping to do is give you a little bit of insight, a little bit of early look as to why we're jumping into this. Those are some interesting words, flourishing in the kingdom, and give a sneak peek of what's going on. So I'm just really excited to give these two topics to our people. But let's start with Easter. Yeah. Um, incredible weekend. What jumped out to you guys in terms of some highlights and just the awesome job God is doing here? Yeah, I mean, you just come off of Easter, and and it's not just Easter. I think in our in some senses it's kind of a movement of— Palm Sunday to mm. Good Friday to Easter. Right. It's just, I, my soul needs it. I mean, I preach Easter every year, but right. every year I re-need that message in mm -hmm. my life. And just such an incredible weekend that we went through. Yeah, I, I, when I got out of the car at the upper end of the parking lot in the morning to come down, I thought to myself, kind of waves of nostalgia of how many times have I walked into church for Easter services? And every time I feel like God meets us in a different way. And uh, just kind of rehearsing his grace throughout the years in celebrating Easter. And it didn't disappoint this this year. It was just amazing at what was accomplished. And just to see the people, whether it was Good Friday, Saturday evening, all day Sunday, one, um, people do have a different, I would say, mindset, countenance as they walk in on Easter. There's, there's spring. There's a sense yeah. of hope. There's a sense of renewal, which is always good to see. But just in terms of sheer volume, I'm going to talk, pause for a second. And we know, we've said it before, we're not all about the numbers. But at some levels, we want to be about the numbers in terms of reaching our community. Yeah. And just as a reminder, we were talking about this morning together, but over 1,700 adults and children came mm. through our doors on Friday. No. Or I'm mm. sorry, Saturday and Sunday. Additional almost uh, 600 on Friday. Yeah. So 2,200, 2,300 over three days. Praise God for that. You look at this building and you're like, how? <laughs> you know? Well, if you were in the lobby, you certainly are asking this question. Or the 930, that that was unbelievable. I don't think we could physically, we did have to do overflow at 930. But just a pause for a yeah. second to uh, thank you to all of our volunteers mm -hmm. who worked hard yeah. over all those days, whether it was rehearsals starting Tuesday night with the worship team, Friday, the coffee, the kids, 
uh, people, facilities team killing it on making sure their trash cans are full. Everyone stepped yeah. up, and we're just so grateful. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And so I think the thing for me is, is it's always the macro of like, yes, it was a record-setting mm-hmm. number of people that came in our building this weekend, and all all the volunteers. It's um, it's unbelievable how it all works. But it always comes back to personal stories for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, um, after Saturday evening, I got a text from a friend and said, hey, um, I invited my family, and I cannot think of a better message that they need to hear. And like, I, Matt, you understand this. Like, you're just doing the best you can. You're praying, God, would you give me wisdom how no. to do? This? So it's not about my sermon, but what God did is met that family exactly where they're at. And this person said, he, they said over dinner we got to have some faith conversations and they said and that's actually my prepare prayer is that my family would come back and to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and i just think what an incredible um reality of just like the life and seasons of ministry easter prepare always pressing in god doing his work god's word being preached it's just incredible i think that is that kind of conversation is such a gift because at easter like no other time you, it's such a big moment to step into, just culturally, uh, because so many people come to church. But you know, as a speaker, or even what kind of what we make the priority, our confidence is in the gospel, and so Amen. it's the simplicity right. of, yeah. hey, this is the message of Jesus to know and follow Him. And I feel like from Palm Sunday to Good Friday to Easter Sunday, we did that. But you're right to, to see that confirmed that hey, God uses His word; it won't return void as He promises. Yeah. There's great power in that, and we and can't as a preacher, that. I mean, we could talk about this, but we need to get to the stuff. But you're like, how many Easter sermons have I preached? Mm. Like, how do you make it new? And the thing is, is for me, it's new every year. Right. I need it again in my own soul every year. And so, praise God for what He did. What a good word. And the thing that that solidified that or kind of summarizes for me is absolutely the baptisms, where in that moment, literal, you know in the water, out of the water, death into life. And I know there's a variety of testimonies, but to me it's always the kids' testimonies because it's it's the purest faith of, why are you doing this? I trusted Jesus as my Savior, and I was told to. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. what right. else do you need there? That's yeah. right. And now yeah. you're going to bring from the Word, both of you, what the Word is telling us to do. And so what a great opportunity. Yeah. I just oh, You're right about the stories, and I and I had talked in elders, the elders' meeting this morning about uh, volunteers and staff, just seeing folks who's who's— hey, I'm happy behind the scenes to make this work. And so just seeing that kind of across the ministry, across the weekend. But one one funny thing was I told the guys in the booth, I forget which service it was, but during the music, you know, so powerful. They're all four at their different stations in the sound booth doing their job. And at one point, all four of them, their heads are bouncing at the same time to the music <laughs> that's singing. So they're worshiping Amen. while they're pushing buttons and yeah. moving levers all at the same time in sync. I was like, you guys got it going on. So yeah. it's so funny. Good stuff, good <laughs> yeah. stuff. And the, the the best thing about it is it just doesn't stay there. You know, We're going to continue to worship at every Sunday service. And we look forward, as we talked about, to this new chapter of the sermon series we have coming. And we've entitled it Flourishing in the Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, we don't use the word flourishing a ton. We don't use the word kingdom a lot. So it's definitely what we call a high concept. There's a lot going on there. But with both of you in the room, we have a unique opportunity for our people to see, how did we land here? How did we get to the point of this is what's next for Keystone and specifically flourishing in the kingdom? Yeah, I think the beginning of this always starts in the focus that our elders give uh, for a year. Every year we go around away in October, November and looking forward to where 
we're at. We do a lot of deep work. We also, a lot of times we fast and pray into those things. Like, God, where are you leading us into the next year? And so this year we came away, say, with the concept of uh, made to flourish. Like in a season where a lot of people don't feel like they're flourishing, whether that's in their fa- their marriage, their kids, their job, their neighborhood, just stuck in midlife, the ruts of life. Like the the reality of the scriptures is that he came to give us life and life in abundance. Right. And it's not that we just want to be flourishing, but we want to be a people who categorically are pressing in and not just okay with um, suffering and trials. Sometimes God puts us in trials, but you can actually flourish in the trials. And so from a start, this is where the sermon series is coming from a directional level that we mm. want to try to lead our church in. Yeah, it's good. I think a step down from that is wrestling with, so what do we do in teaching series with flourishing? Because, that, I mean, you can't say everything. I think back to last year, which we felt like God's voice, loudest voice, was such a good theme for our church over the year. But yet you can't say everything about God's voice. There's things we left on right. the table with that. Right. And the same will be true with flourishing no matter what we do. But I think as we wrestled with the concept for the teaching series and got to flourishing in the kingdom, there's a lot of things that we said, we'll address this somewhere else. We may not address this at all. Mm-hmm. Here's where we need to go, though, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, So it's, it is it is a process of wrestling that, and sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. But this thing yeah. of flourishing is just a huge concept. And so for us, how we simil- put that in a sermon series is, is we want to be textually based. We don't want to be like, right. oh, Brent has an opinion about X. We actually want to be people of God's word. We stand in awe of God's word. We don't stand in awe of our opinions. Mm-hmm. And so we want, when we kind of pressed into how do we talk about flourishing, and we actually are like, how are we going to put in a way, a systematic way to think about this, a way that we can preach textually through the Bible? Um, and so that's kind of where we started to land. Yeah, it's and been- I, I would say, I, I would say that it's it's it begins with a goal, which is flourishing. Mm-hmm. We want people to understand that. So, with the teaching series, it's what's that way? What is the way of of uh, attaining the goal of flourishing? That's the kingdom. Which right. again, those are concepts we're going to explore over the course of the next couple of weeks. And then there's a language to that. And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but that is the parables. Then, yeah. so what is the language of kingdom flourishing? Well, it's the language of the parables. So for some people, it's like, oh, parables. I know the parables, but for some, it's like, man, that's something in the Bible I really have never thought about or don't understand. So, yeah. Over so the take a few minutes weeks, and let's yeah. unpack that in terms of we're gonna and just to give people a sneak look, we're gonna be a lot in parables. Yeah, a lot of word pictures. Walk us through. Remind us what they are. How am I supposed yeah. to understand them and not understand them? Yeah, so I think to start off is, before we talk about that thing, is to say, what are we wanting to accomplish with that direction? The, comp- the, the thing that we want to accomplish the most is, is helping people get a biblical understanding of what flourishing is versus what this world says flourishing is. And so for us, a way that we're going to say, be saying that and couching that is, is what does the kingdom of God say is flourishing versus what does our culture say is flourishing? Because those can be the same, but often they are at odds with each other. And the issue here is there's no, the scorecards are different. And so what we're trying to accomplish in people's life is just say, let's pause and use the scriptures, the parables, which we'll talk about, give some more realities there. Let's pause and say, what does the scripture say is flourishing? 
What is, and so the, what does the scripture say? What we mean by that is, what does God's kingdom, the way he rules and reigns the world, what does he say mm-hmm. is flourishing? Because honestly, guys, you know this. Our world says flourishing happens in a million different ways. Right. I mean, and it's so easy to buy into. It's so easy to buy into if our house is good, if my kids are behaving well, if everyone's health is going well, if I love my job. Those are indicators in our culture of am I flourishing? And the kingdom of God always goes to your heart. Right. It always presses on the intentions of our heart. And so that's what we're trying to do with this. And that's what we're hoping our people would experience is as we go through some of these parables is that we would stop having our results based on what we just happen in our culture. We live in a striving, excellence, a lot of affluence culture and pushing that in and say, God, what does your kingdom say is flourishing? Because we won't even know we're flourishing unless we get a good understanding of what God wants that to be. Yeah, it's good. And it, you know, words like subversive, you know, the kingdom of God is subversive. That's used. Uh, we've, we talked even before we got on here is of uh, upside down. And, you know, it depends on how you look at it. Like paradoxically, culturally, the kingdom of God looks upside down. But yeah. from God's perspective, it's the world that's upside down. The kingdom yeah. is right side up. So it, it is, I think it is going to hit some of us and awaken some of us to, man, I'm the one that's living upside down. The kingdom puts me yeah. right side up. And this truth is subversive. It comes at me in a way that I didn't expect that to be the thing. You know, to be first, you got to be last. To go forward, you got to go back. I mean, blessed are the meek. That's it. I'm telling you, your corporate culture does not think blessed are the meek. Yes. It's just a fact, right? That, does, that does play well in t shirt. You see a lot with corporate t shirts. Blessed are the meek. That, that <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I want to yeah. go one level, just to be clear, because I do think there's a chance because of where people are exposed in our culture, what we're not talking about here. And so I think of, and I'll use the words, this is not your best life now type of concepts because many of those type of teachings is defining flourishing in man's idea. That's right. And I think we want to, if you if you walk away with nothing else from this, realize that flourishing can only be defined by our creator God and through his kingdom. And that's what we're going to dig into, what that looks like. So I love the word subversive. I love how the upside down, it's going to feel, and I think it's good to prepare people, it's going to feel weird when you hear some of these parables, when you hear some of these teachings, because they are so countercultural to Yeah. Mm. But let's just pull back and just say this. If Jesus is king, we have to submit to his rule and reign in our life. That's right. And he is king. And so we have to press in and challenge our own souls. Man, I, there's not a day of my life that I don't need to challenge the flesh that rises up inside of me. So what, Jesus, if it's your kingdom, what do you say about how I should forgive, about how, what I should value? Because this world is constantly in battle, and so that's the goal, is to just put what King Jesus says is valuable. Mm-hmm. Because until we define what success, and by, I think what we would say is, in the kingdom of God, success is flourishing. Mm, right. That's mm-hmm. the idea. That's the goal. That's right. Yeah. So success is not on top, lots of this or that. It's actually flourishing. Yeah. So let's dig into these parables because I'm going to be honest with you. It's, it's going to be on record now. I struggle with parables. I am not a great word picture guy. Yeah. When, when Jesus is teaching through many of these gospels and he's using these word pictures and he says stuff like, let the hear understand and says no more. I'm going, that's me. Walk us through a little bit because this will be, you know, there's going to be different contexts. There's going to be different examples that may be unfamiliar to us. How, how are we supposed to tackle these parables? I think several things are. And again, it, 
this list isn't exhaustive, but I think culturally understanding why they fit so well in mm. the crowds, in the ancient audience that Jesus was addressing, I think. So that's one thing we'll uncover, that it was a way of communication that fit the culture really well. And I mean, not to make it too cultural, it fits our culture really well. Right? People, you know, people, A, people love stories. B, Jesus used things people could relate to, sticks and stones and rocks and, and water and soil. suns and soil and all these things that are like a common part, kind of the stuffness of life. I mm -hmm. mean, Jesus talked about those things. So it fit that culture. It kind of fits our, fits our culture. You know, they're, they're metaphorical stories. They are. So I think we have, to, we have to see them through that lens, but not allegorize them too much. I think there's, right. I think there's an over-symbolizing that we can do of like, well, this means this. And, every, and they're not set up that way. There's usually one main point, two yep. main points. So we want to be careful of not over-allegorizing them, over-symbolizing the parables. Yeah, I mean, Matt, allegorizing for those who didn't go to seminary, that means you're putting too much spiritual emphasis and you're trying to get a, to ring every spiritual thing you possibly can. Like what, what, and, but you go past the original what, What's good with the story of like Pilgrim's Progress is not good with a parable. You know, the yeah. parables aren't going to hold up like Pilgrim's Progress does where like everything means something else. The parables have a much bigger theme. Yeah. When I'm, from the, I'm a country boy and country preacher said it this way, parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it's such a simple thing. It's the metaphor. That's a metaphor. Hey, here's yep. something you've seen. But I'm telling you, it means this, right? Yep. It, and I think listening to, you know, you mentioned the, uh, the uh, if you have ears to hear or whatever, there right. are some code words like that, you know, sure. code phrases. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, you know, when, when you see that, there's a reason Jesus said it that way in a parable. So some of the language he uses, we, we kind of look for that language. Right. Just so you know, the way I grew up, it was verily, verily. <laughs> I, I almost said that because that's, that's King James. That's King okay, James part language. three of our talk today, Bible translations. Oh, man. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> this is, uh, in Keystone family, this is why we're so excited about this next phase of what God has for our church coming off of Easter, the celebration and excitement for that. Last thoughts and what you want for our people to focus on as we move forward ahead. Yeah, as we move into the summer, I, I, think, I think of two levels. At the macro level is... Keystone, we're trying to, I mean, I think back, we had a flourishing document we asked you to work through. As we're going through prepare, we talked about it. We're really trying to do everything we can to help you think through your life and say, what does God value versus what am I valuing? And to be honest and open that there, there might be some things that have a gap that you should address in this season. And so I... I'm hoping at a macro 30,000-foot level that we're doing that consistently. Um, but at a micro sense, uh, this is kind of going to be the real big push for us until sure. we're into the new building. Mm -hmm. And so as we're coming into May and June and July, um, eager to try to put each of these, there's not going to be, almost all of these will stand alone. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to press into um, into parables the whole time, but they all stand alone and so that's a good way that we can cover a lot of ground. And so I would just say, press in, Keystone. Mm -hmm. Like there's, we're going to hit a lot of topics, and um, and hopefully by God's grace, there's going to be some of these topics that you really need to be challenged with, and to press in and and stay along with us, and really be willing to ask, am I actually flourishing in this, um, and and really testing in your soul. Super good. And I, th I think the only thing I would add is that, you know, God's kingdom sounds like a big theological concept, but this is, and this is going to be mentioned Sunday, it doesn't transcend 
the everyday prior, uh, the everyday realities of life. It doesn't right. transcend them, it transforms them. And that's important. So this is gonna speak to my money, it's gonna speak to my relationships, it's gonna speak to my job, it's gonna speak to just so many practical realities of life. And, and by God's grace and through his word, transform them. Yeah. So it's important. So exciting, can't wait. I'm ready to go. Man, you guys got me pumped up as we go into this new series. So he's some family, we're coming off Easter, so excited. Come be part of Flourishing the Kingdom. And thanks so much for being part of our conversation today. If you'd like to know more about Keystone in general, hear sermons, or listen to more of our conversations, please visit keystonelife.com. Until next time, everyone, keep the conversation going.